0: Yo! Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. I hope you guys are doing great as well. Okay, so a lot of trades, a lot of trades on this episode. So if you don't like to hear about trades, which I know, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, come on. I know everybody loves trades but we got a lot of trades to discuss in the NBA and in the NFL. Some of these trades I predicted because I'm right a lot. And I know that might sound wrong, but I am right a lot. I am. I am I am continuously proven that I am right a lot. So sorry if you don't like that, but it's true. <laughs> but, uh, I'm ready to get into it. I'm ready to get into it. Big time trades. The NBA deadline was yesterday. Like I told you guys, I record this on a Friday, so you guys will hear this on Saturday. Um and yesterday on Thursday was the trade deadline. So, I you know, obviously the NBA world, the NBA, the NBA was expecting a lot of moves to happen. We got some block we got some blockbuster deals. Um so I'm gonna break down. I'm gonna decipher that. I'm thinking about doing a mock draft since the NFL since the NFL trade has happened, and it includes some picks. So I think I'm gonna do a mock draft. I think I'm gonna do a mock draft, and um, I, I, I'm 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 feel pretty confident about this because this is my first mock draft that I have done um, so far on this for this year's draft. Um and I think you guys I, I don't know. I haven't talked much about the draft, but I'm going to give you I'm going to give you guys some draft content today. So we got a lot to decipher and get into, a lot to break down with these moves and these trades because that's literally all what's been happening. Trades, trades and more trades. So let's get into it. Let's start in the NBA. Let's start in the NBA. Because Always around this time, the NBA, where trades are being made, the deadline is approaching, you have teams that they, there are certain teams out there, they know that they are not playoff contenders, they know that if they make the playoffs, it's a lost cause, so at the trade deadline, they're selling, and they're, they're selling their stock, and they're rebuilding and then you have a certain group of teams out there that, you know, with one move, one or two moves, they think they can get over the hump and make it into the playoffs, probably not go deep into the conference finals, probably not go deep into those rounds, but they feel confident enough with a move, they can get to the playoffs, and then you have the high, somewhat of the hierarchy in the NBA where they feel like one move and this puts us over the top and we feel very, very strongly confident about our chances. So those are the three levels as far as in the NBA around this time when the trade deadline picks up and when trade talks start heating up and the trade deadline is approaching, those are the three tiers. Those are the three tiers. Those tiers that I just gave, those those groupings that I just gave you guys, those are how teams, that that's how teams think. And let's start at the bottom of the food chain, right? Let's start at the bottom tier, that tier where you're not going to make the playoffs, you don't feel confident about it, and it's time to rebuild. That is what the Orlando Magic did yesterday. That is what the Orlando Magic did yesterday. They, 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 they took, they took, they took, they took everything apart. They took everything apart. They, they gave away Aaron Gordon. They gave away Nikola Vucevic. They gave away Evan Fournier. They gave away Disneyland. They gave away everything. <laughs> Universe Studios. They gave, they get. <laughs> Orlando gave away everything. Okay. Um, Or Disneyland, Disney World. I, I, I get confused which is which I, I've been. And I just, I just get confused. Whatever one is down Orlando. One of them are down Orlando. Point is, they gave away everything. And let's start with the Vucevic trade. Let's start with the Vucevic trade that included, obviously, Nikola Vucevic and Alfariko Minu. I think I, I, I butchered his name. But they're going to Chicago. And Orlando, in exchange, they get two first-round picks from the Bulls and Wendell Carter and Otto Porter. So obviously the Orlando Magic are selling their they're, they're selling their stock and they're now beginning to rebuild. And I know I I don't <laughs> I know the I know the fan, fans of the Orlando Magic are tired. They are tired of rebuilding. But it's the truth of the matter. Orlando's rebuilding. They they know they're not a playoff team this year. Uh they you know they they suffered a couple injuries to some to some marquee guys, really. You're thinking about Markel folks, you're thinking about uh Jonathan Isaac, the two young guys that have suffered season-ending injuries. So at this point, it's a blow-up, and the team, they're they're looking towards the future, obviously. The bigger storyline here is Chicago. The bigger storyline is is the Chicago Bulls the Chicago Bulls are in that second tier that I mentioned they are a team that is a borderline playoff team and with this move right here they're selling I, I I get two things from this move I pick up on two things on this with this move from the Chicago Bulls the first thing is what I already have mentioned they are a borderline playoff team. They have an, a, a young all star ascending player in Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic is an another all star big who is having a career year. And they're thinking with the addition, with the addition of Nikola Vucevic, this is going to be enough to get us over the top, and we sneak into the playoffs. That is what the Chicago Bulls are thinking. That is obviously what they're thinking, because you don't give up young, you don't give up a young guy set in draft picks for an all star, and not think that hey, we can't get to the play. Like no, the Bulls are trying to get to the playoffs. The second thing that this move tells me about the Bulls is this: the Bulls are trying to prove to Zach Levine that hey, we are a competent franchise. We, we we're willing to do anything. We're willing to do a lot to keep you here. We want your services, and the reason why I bring up Zach Levine because Zach Levine's contract year is it's it, his contract year is next year. So the Bulls have to show him. They have to they they have to show him that hey, we're trying to compete. We want to win now, and we're trying to get into the playoffs. Let's start this year that's what that move tells me about the that's what that moves tell me about the bulls those are the two things and i absolutely love the move for the bulls you get a guy like you get a guy nikola Fusevich, a, a, a all-star big he's 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 pretty efficient he averages just 24 and a half points i think on 12 rebounds on some really good shooting splits and he makes almost three three-pointers a game so that's so Offensively, he is the he he's one of the modern day bigs you want offensively. He can play inside, he can play outside, he can do a little bit of everything. And he's having a career year, once again I point out. So the Bulls are trying to make it to the playoffs. The Bulls are trying to make a playoff push. The next deal that I want to get into that I found very interesting and that I loved and I think this team probably won the trade deadline. And that is the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets made two moves. The Denver Nuggets are there they are a team that made it to the Western Conference Finals last year, obviously in the bubble. And this year they couldn't keep Mason Plumlee and they couldn't keep Jerry and Grant. Both guys went to Detroit. They got they got they got they got they got, they got offered large they got offered larger deals in Detroit, and they went to Detroit. So you know what Denver did? Denver did Denver didn't correctly replace those guys until now, I feel like. They went out and traded for JaVale McGee. Um, I forgot the particulars on that, but I think they they gave up like a second round pick. They didn't give up really nothing. They didn't they didn't really give up nothing to get JaVale McGee. So they got JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee, athletic big a defensive a, a good defensive big that would help with athleticism and defense something that the Denver Nuggets lacked and then to really take the top off the ceiling the Nuggets went out and traded for Aaron Gordon a high a, a leaper a high flying leaper but also a guy who's a good locker room guy really good defensively and shoots about 37% from three, which is really good. For Aaron Gordon, it's really good. So he has good shooting splits, averaging about 15 points per game with the Magic this year, Um, like I said, on good efficiency. In the Nuggets, they traded away Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a first-round pick. So now in the Nuggets, they have Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and they were able to keep Michael Porter Jr., all in that one process, and they also added JaVale McGee as I added already. The Denver Nuggets are a team, like I said, they are a team that feel like they are a couple moves away from really being serious title contenders, and I'm not saying this move for Aaron Gordon makes them title contenders, but it certainly bolsters their case, and it and it boosts their chances. Definitely. Definitely. It definitely helps their chances because they, they the, the Nuggets, they, they lack athleticism. They lack the athleticism. They bring it back because, they, like I said, they lost Mason Plumlee. They lost Jerry and Grant. So they replaced those two with Aaron Gordon and, and JaVale McGee. Now, to focus more so on Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon is a guy, he has a similar skill set to Jerry Grant. Both guys are athletic, 6'8", like, like, they both are like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, so they're big, you know, they, they got some good length to them. You, that's, another, that's another wing defender that can guard guys like LeBron, Kawhi. Aaron Gordon is one of those guys who can guard those type of guys. Or at least stay in front of them. That's a that's a body you can throw at them. So I I feel like that helps the Nuggets out a little bit, um, and they're going to be a tough out. The Nuggets are going to be a tough out, and I think and I feel like they won yesterday. I feel like they were one of the teams that won the trade deadline yesterday because of these two moves. Um, and I, like I told you guys, if the Lakers are not healthy, the Western Conference is wide open. So if the Lakers are not healthy, the Nuggets are right there, I feel like. I feel like the Nuggets are right there with the Clippers, with the, with, with the Jazz. I feel like they're right there. If the Lakers are healthy – now, if the Lakers are healthy with both with both LeBron and Anthony Davis, it's going to be tough. But I still think if the Lakers – if those two guys are healthy, I still think the Lakers win the Western Conference. But if they're not healthy – if Anthony Davis is not healthy, if LeBron James is not healthy, if one of those two guys are not healthy, the Denver Nuggets are right there. They're right at the peak of the top of the conference of teams that can get to the NBA finals. The Denver Nuggets. And I and I, I love the experience that they have that they have. Then the last couple years they've made some really deep playoff pushes. They added Aaron Gordon. Michael Porter Jr. is starting to peak at the right time offensively. Jamal Murray, we all know what he's capable of in the playoffs. And then Nikola Jokic has been a MVP candidate type. He's had an MVP type year this year. So the Denver Nuggets, I feel like, are right there with this move. And that takes them to that top level that I was explaining when i first opened up this segment so i love what the nuggets did i love what they did love it and to stay in the western conference in the western conference hierarchy per se the los angeles clippers made an important move i feel like i feel like they i, may, I feel like they made an important move and if you understand where i'm going with this you can tell that i like the move that the chicago bulls made I love the move that the Denver Nuggets made. And I like the move with the Clippers made. I like the move the Clippers made. I really do. Um, So they traded for Ron John Rondo in exchange. Oh, so I should actually say the Clippers traded Lou Williams and a second round pick for Ron John Rondo uh, to the Atlanta Hawks. So now the Clippers have Ron, Ron John Rondo. And for the last year and a half, really. Um, Even going back, not even a year and a half, but going back to the bubble and going into the offseason and now this season, the biggest concern for the Clippers was, or the biggest need, position need of the Clippers was the point guard. They needed a pure point guard. They needed a floor general to control the game, also to contribute to leadership and team chemistry and so forth. And... Rondo, as far as bringing Rondo on the Clippers um, for team chemistry, that says a lot in leadership. That says a lot about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George because you look at these guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they're great talents. They're phenomenal talents. But, excuse me, but leadership, their leadership has been in question. Their leadership has been in question, and this Clippers and – Right now with the Clippers, this their leadership has not been a great, this is not a great example of leadership so far, um, so far in their stint in L.A. It just has not been. They're phenomenal talents, but they are not leaders. And that's what Rajon Rondo is going to add. Not just him, you know, being a floor general, not just him knowing what the Lakers' tendencies are, not just that. But Rondo is gonna bring a certain leadership, a a certain maturity that I don't think this Clippers team has really had, even with their veterans. I, even look at a guy like Lou Williams. I mean, how how like how fitting, how budding that, you know, how you, that trade works out. Lou Williams, since that since that lemon pepper wing incident at Magic City last year, or I should say back in the, you know, back in the, you know, doing the bubble. That stench, that Magic City, that, you know, that lemon pepper wing incident, it still lingers. And even with Lou Williams being a veteran guy, and I'm not saying Lou Williams is a bad guy. I'm not saying he's not a good guy. Lou Williams, for all I know, could be a really good guy. And from the, from the things that I hear, he is. But Lou Williams, even with him being a veteran, he doesn't know how to win. Lou Williams has not experienced championship success or the level of, or the like the amount of championship ex- success, the playoff experience that Ronja Rondo has had. Quite honestly, if you look at Lou Williams playoff numbers and stats, not really the, not really the best performer. That is the, po- Ronja Rondo is the polar opposite. He's a great, postseason performer a great one he had he's so good he's so good in the postseason we call him playoff rondo that is his nickname playoff rondo that's 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 how good rondo becomes and that's how that's how high his get his level that's how high he can take his game to in the postseason we we gave him a nickname well lou williams can't really say that particularly and like I said, it's no. This is no. This is no shit on rate on, on on Lou Williams. This is not to say Lou Williams isn't a good guy. Not to say he's not a good veteran to learn from because he is. He's a really good veteran to learn from. He's one of the better six mans in league history. He actually got to fifteen thousand points. So I'm not, so I'm not I'm not poo pooing on Lou Williams, but I'm just stating facts. I'm just stating facts. Rajah Rondo has championship pedigree and championship experience. Lou Williams doesn't. Has Lou Williams even made it to the Eastern Conference Finals before? Has he made it to the Conference Finals before? In all of the teams and all of the years that he's been playing? Has he ever made the conference finals? I know he's I know he's never made a finals, but I don't even think he's made a conference finals. So it's not it, that's not to belittle Lou Williams. So I like the move from the Clippers. Um, and I think the Clippers, they have a point guard that's going to help them down the stretch. And he's going to be a floor general. And I also mentioned the leadership that Ron John, that Ron John Rondo is going to bring. So let's take a look at some some more smaller trades that happened and proceeded throughout the day. Uh, ooh, Boston made a move, too. <laughs> I forgot to say. I forgot to tell you guys. So Boston, they made a move. They went after Evan Fournier. They traded... They gave away practically nothing. They gave, they gave away practically nothing to get Evan Fournier, who's once again having another... He, he's, he's another Magic player having a career year. He's averaging about 20 points per game. To be exact, he's averaging 19.7. But you round it up. That's 20 points per game on really good shooting splits. And with that acquisition for Boston... By any means, by no means, it pushes, it moves the needle. It 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 barely moves the needle. Um, the Celtics are still the Celtics who I think they are. Uh, Danny Ainge, I don't, I'm not gonna put much, uh, I'm not gonna put much emphasis on this move because this move took nothing to make. Like this was a fairly simple move to make. He barely gave up anything. And that's and it happened. It, it happened in true Danny Ainge form. Cheap, barely gave up anything, but you get a decent player in return. Um, who's on his contract year. Um, so I'm 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 guessing that the Celtics are probably confident they can re-sign him. But Fournier, from a from a positive perspective, he adds bench depth. He adds depth that the that the Celtics desperately needed coming off the bench because they were ver- their bench was very thin. But realistically, does this make the Celtics championship contenders? Does this even pushes them ahead of the the hierarchy teams in the Eastern Conference? As, as far as like boss I mean, as far as like Philadelphia, obviously Brooklyn and Milwaukee. No, not really. It doesn't. It doesn't really move the needle that much. But he adds bench depth. Also, the Celtics they traded uh, Daniel Tice. Daniels Tice, um, and they got Mo Vac, Mo Mo Wagner in return. Um, so they got to stretch big, but that, that, that really doesn't do them any justice. Also, the Miami Heat, they traded for Victor Oladipo. They traded for Victor Oladipo, Um, a wing, another wing player. And I, I'm I'm just very curious with two teams. And I'm not saying these were bad trades necessarily. But I'm just very curious with two teams, and those two teams are the Miami Heat and and the um, the Miami Heat and the Portland Trailblazers. Oh my God, my mind was freezing up. And my my two things with both of those teams are they have a lot of players in between the size of like six four, six five, six six. They got a lot of those wing players. And and, and first, I'm gonna address the Heat. Because they got Victor Oladipo. Oladipo is a really good. He's a he's a he's a he's a quintessential combo guard. He shoots the ball from behind the three-point line well enough. It's about, I think it's about 37%. 37, 38%. So that's well enough. That's that's still pretty 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 decent. Um he hasn't been particularly playing well this year, but he hasn't quite been fully healthy to his you know, for his sake, he hasn't been quite fully healthy. But Miami, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to play all of these wing players that they have. They have, you know, obviously they're going to play Jimmy Butler. You know, he's going to be in there down the stretch. I would assume that Aladipo is going to be down the stretch. But you also got guys like Iguadala, Trevor Ariza, Tyler Hero, uh, Gordon Dragic, Duncan Robinson. You got a lot of guys in Miami that play very similar positions. So I'm really curious to see how they work the balance out. Um I like the move for Miami. I don't think I don't think this makes them as good as Philadelphia or Brooklyn um or even Milwaukee. Maybe 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 they can beat Milwaukee cuz they did it last year, but I don't think this makes them Better than I don't think the Victor Oladipo move makes them better than uh Brooklyn or Philadelphia. I just don't. And speaking of Philadelphia, they made a trade. They got George Hill. The 76ers, they went out and got George Hill. So originally, to add some context, um, a really big name that was thrown around a lot yesterday um was Kyle Lowry. A lot of people, a lot of people around the league expected Kyle Lowry to be traded. He was not. He was not traded. The Lakers, 76ers, and the Miami Heat were all interested. Um Philadelphia quickly realized that hey, we don't have a chance at um, Kyle Lowry and by the end of the deadline everybody realized they had no chance at Kyle Lowry. So instead of sticking on that Philadelphia went on and added George Hill um, in exchange for Tony Bradley, Ter- Terrence Ferguson, and two future second round picks. Um, it was also a three way trade, and Austin Rivers got sent to Oklahoma City as well um, of the Knicks. So Philadelphia, they didn't get they didn't quite get the guy that they necessarily wanted in um, Kyle Lowry, but they also but they got a veteran point guard. Who's been in a lot of playoff experiences, who's been in a lot of playoff situations and so forth, contending situations in George Hill. So that, and he's, and George Hill is pretty consistent in like what he's gonna give you. He's pretty consistent. So I like, I mean, it's a, it's a, it, I, I get the move. I get the move by Philadelphia. I get it. But back to Portland. Another, so Portland, I mentioned Portland and Miami, and Portland is facing the same dilemma as Miami. They have so many wing players. They have so many guys around that 6'3", to 6'4", to 6'5", to 6'6", height. And they traded for Norman Powell in, ex- in exchange for Gary for uh, Gary Trent Jr., sorry, and Rodney Hood and a second-round pick for Norman Powell. And not to say that Norman Powell isn't good. Norman Powell is a really solid player. And I think he will add to what the what the Blazers do offensively. Uh, the Blazers are such a, they're such a potent offensive team. Uh, I think Norman Powell only adds to that. But I'm just very curious because they got a lot of they got a lot of players that do they got a similar players that do similar stuff like you know guys that can put the ball on the deck, create their own shot. They got a lot of those players. I feel like. Poland has a lot of those guys. So I want I want to see how that shapes up. But um I, I mean Oklahoma City, they keep they keep gaining all of these picks. Oklahoma City, they got 17 first round picks over the next 7 years. They have 17 second round picks over the next 7 years. That's 34 picks over the next 7 years, which is insane, which is pretty which is pretty insane when you think about it. So they got more picks. Um, Sam Presti doing what he got to do, and I'm looking through. Um, that was those were like the big time trades around the NBA. Those were like the big time trades around the NBA. Um, that I'm looking at so far. Uh, I'm trying to get you guys some more. Um, yeah, those are the big time trades. I like most of them. Uh, I feel like I, like I told you guys also golden state made some little trades as well with marquee in, involving Marquise, Chris and Brad Wanamaker. Um, Dallas also made a trade for JJ Reddick. They got JJ Reddick. I think that's really quintessential. Um, or I think that's going to be really big for them. Uh, let's see. Yep. Lonzo was not traded yesterday. He stays in new Orleans. I was surprised that Utah um, didn't try to add some perimeter defense. I think I feel like Utah lacks perimeter defense. And I think I I told you guys this on um, on a different occasion. But I think Utah, I think that's if, if I had to point out a couple weaknesses or one weakness in particular um, that may hurt them in the postseason. And I, th- I think it's their lack of perimeter defense, the lack of perimeter defense that. The, that the Jazz don't have. Um, and they didn't address that yesterday. They did get a shooter in Matt Thomas, but that's about it. And that was about it. As far as the big-time trades, that was about it. Um, so I'm going to move on a little bit. I'm, I think I'm going to move on. Yes, I think I'm going to move on. I'm going to go to – I'm going to talk about the Lakers and what they possibly missed out on, and that's going to be brief then I'm going to get to the big news throughout the NFL, the big-time trades or, you know, some trades went down in the NFL that may impact the draft. All right, so let's move on. I'm not even going to talk about the Lakers. You guys know my take on that. Um, let's move on to NFL because as I was developing my notes and getting ready for this episode – Breaking news has dropped. Breaking news, I mean, it did drop. <laughs> it dropped. As I was preparing my notes and so forth. And we got some we got some trades going on in the NFL. And the big time, the first blockbuster trade that has transpired with, you know, according to, you know, within the NFL draft order, the draft order is gonna be rearranged. The Dolphins are trading, or they're trading, The they, they traded the number three pick, the number three overall pick to the 49ers for the number 12 pick, a 2021 third rounder, and two first round picks of the 49ers, which is 2022 and 2023. So the 49ers gave up a boatload of picks to move up to number three. Now, <laughs> I told you guys at the beginning of the episode, I am right a lot. And I know that might sound arrogant, but I am, I am. I am I'm gen, I'm gen, I'm genuinely g- generally gen, generally speaking, I am right a lot. I'm right a lot. And this is another example where I was proven right. I was proven correctly. When I was going over free agency, and this and some people may have may have not caught it, but when I was when I was breaking down NFL free agency and when I talked about the 49ers re-signing Trent Williams to the largest guaranteed deal, the largest deal, the largest contract that any offensive lineman has ever has ever, excuse me, has ever had. You know what I said? I said the 49ers, what they're telling me is they're gonna get cheaper at quarterback. And that's and that's what I told you guys. I said, I said, they're gonna get cheaper at quarterback, and they're gonna move up in the draft, and they're gonna draft a quarterback. Because I was looking at I looked at their contract situation, and who do they have on payroll? And it's not to say that the 49ers, you know, they don't have the money, but you look at you look at who the 49ers have on payroll. They're, they, once again, they're paying Trent Williams, the largest contract of any offensive lineman in, in football, and he's a left tackle. He's a great left tackle, and he deserves it. But they're also paying George Kittle. He's one of the higher-paid tight ends. They're also paying other offensive linemen that they have, i.e., Alex Mack. They're also the um Eric Armstead's contract. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna boom. It's gonna increase over the next couple of years. You're gonna eventually have to pay Joey Bosa. Oh, well, excuse me. You're gonna have to eventually play pay Nick Bosa. You're gonna have to pay Nick Bosa. So when I looked at all of those contracts that the 49ers have on the books, they got a lot of highest paid type of guys. They have a lot of guys that are the highest paid guys at their position. And you know what I said? I said the 49ers are going to draft the quarterback. They're going to either move up in the draft and draft the quarterback or stay at 12 and draft the quarterback. To ensure that they get the quarterback, one of the top-end quarterbacks in this draft, they moved up to number three. And to be exact, look at this. So we all know about the Trent Williams deal, the six-year, 138. But Garoppolo's deal, if you look at Garoppolo's deal, it's worth $27 million now. And if they release or trade Garoppolo, I think that relieves like twenty something million dollars off their cap. So let's not even think about that. But look at D Ford. They're paying D Ford five years, eighty five million. Eric Armstead five years, eighty five million. George Kittle five years, seventy five million. Uh they're paying. They're paying their center five years, forty seven million. Nick Bosa, as I already mentioned, his contract is going to be coming up soon. They're going to have to pay him. Kyle use Hughes, Kyle use check that he's the highest paid fullback in football. So you have, so right there already and not to say that the 49ers are spending their money recklessly. No, because these guys that I named like George Kittle, Trent Williams, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, Kyle use check. These guys are the best at their positions or one of the best or, uh, you know, top five, at least top five at their positions. um, so they're spending their money wisely, but it's the mere fact how you got to think about. How do you build a Super Bowl team? What's the most logical way that it, that NFL teams nowadays build a Super Bowl caliber roster? They get a young quarterback that they like and they build around him. Luckily for the 49ers, they don't have to be, they don't have to build very much because they have a really really a really well balanced roster already. So they have the ability to draft a young quarterback with a coach like Kyle Shanahan, a great offensive innovator, and a guy that can develop a quarterback along with this roster being ready, set to win. I think it was a good move for both teams. And you think about the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins have done a terrific job with – okay, okay. The Dolphins, they have acquired all of these picks essentially from the trade, from, from, from the left, the trade, when they traded Lermy left tackle, Lurmy Tunsil. Lurmy Tunsil, that is where, that is how the Dolphins have acquired all of these picks and with the, with the acquirement of all of these picks have led to more picks. So the Dolphins have, 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 have turned. The tonsu trade into four first round picks and a third round pick. Essentially, if when you're thinking about it, essentially, that is what the Dolphins have done. As I mentioned, the rebuild with the Dolphins, yes, they have acquired a lot of these picks. Um, Brian Flores looks to be a really one of the better, one of the better young coaches in football. Now let's see what they do with the picks. That's why I'm going to do a mock draft. Let's see what they do with the picks. Because from the looks of it with Miami so so with the 49 let me tell you what the the 49ers are telling me they're going to they're going to draft the quarterback. You don't move you don't move and you don't move all of these picks. I don't care what the reports are saying. Cuz right now the reports are saying Jimmy G, they're not going to move off of Jimmy G. I don't give a damn what the reports are saying you don't move mountains you don't move all of these picks to move up in the draft for an offensive tackle or for a receiver the 49ers are getting a quarterback simple as that they are the 49ers are getting a quarterback that is the main goal they're getting a quarterback so that's what the 49ers are telling me they're they're going cheap and younger at the quarterback position Okay, what the Dolphins are telling me is they're gonna give Tua another shot this year, and with all of the picks that they are acquiring, I have a strong feeling that the Dolphins are going to are, are going to improve at the skills positions and also buffer up that offensive line. That is what the Dolphins are telling me. With these two with these two teams, they they're telling me. The 49ers, they're getting cheaper and younger at quarterback. And then the Dolphins. The Dolphins are also telling me, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna go with Tua. Now, we, you know, some of us think that's kind of questionable, but they're gonna give Tua a, a shot, and they're gonna put some, they're gonna they're gonna build a team around Tua to see what he has. Essentially that is what the 49ers are telling me now let's not get too high off our seats let's not get let's not get on the edge because there was another trade that happened there was another trade that happened so the other trade that happened after this tra- after this um after this Miami Dolphins and 49ers trade the Philadelphia Eagles they hopped in. And let me tell you something about the Philadelphia Eagles. And I I I've, I've been on record talking about this already. The Philadelphia Eagles at this juncture, they don't want to admit it, but they are in rebuild mode. The Eagles are in rebuild mode. They have a lot of aging, veteran, expensive parts on their team. And you look at the draft history over the last couple years for the Eagles, it has not been pretty at all. The draft history for the Eagles have not been pretty. Over the last five seasons, These this, this is the draft picks for the Eagles. Over the last five seasons, they have drafted 36 players. They only have one pro bowler. In zero first-team all-pros. That one pro bowler now plays for the Indianapolis Colts. His name is Carson Wentz. He's no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. And to also add some more substance, in the last 49 draft picks, the Eagles only have one pro bowler. (laughs) His name is Carson Wentz once again. He He no longer plays for the Eagles. So that right there shows you the lack of success that the Eagles have had in the draft. And they have just completely butchered the draft over the last couple of years. Over the last half decade, the Eagles have butchered the draft. And it's been atrocious. I get on Belichick in New England for butchering the draft and not being able to draft skilled guys. Philadelphia's right there. They haven't been able to draft skilled guys in almost a half a decade. And it's been awful so with Philadelphia so let me give you guys the up let me give you guys the trade with the Eagles the Eagles are trading they traded they they traded back so the Philadelphia Eagles they traded the number 6 pick to Miami for the number 12 pick and the in the 2022 first round pick so that means Miami My the Miami Dolphins are going to take the number six pick and Philly and Philadelphia is going to drop down to the number 12 pick and they acquire a 2022 pick for next year, a first rounder. So, with that move, once again, like I said, I already explained what Miami's doing. Miami is going to give Tua weapons. Miami is going to they're going to give Tua weapons and they're going to they're going to see if Tua's the guy or not. What Philadelphia is doing is they are acquiring as many picks as possible, but what they're also telling me is they're going to stick with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback because at 12, you're not going to take a quarterback. I, at least I don't think so. I don't. I think if, if Philadelphia wanted to take a quarterback, and, 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 and actually a report came out today that the Eagles were very interested in Zach Wilson and they wanted to move up, but they saw the 49ers were moving up and they said, okay, we're past. They'll stick with Jalen Hurts and they're moving down. So with that, like I said, what they're telling me is Philadelphia, they're gonna draft they're gonna draft and try to build around Jalen Hurts. They're gonna see what this guy has, and they're gonna also try to draft really well. <laughs> I mean, because the Eagles have butchered the draft. So they're acquiring more picks. So they can they can they can draft more guys. So it is pretty clear with. What all three of these teams are doing, the 49ers are in win-now mode. They're in win-now mode because they have a roster that says they're in win-now mode. Kyle Shanahan is trying to win now. And they're getting cheaper and younger at the quarterback position. They can't deal with Garoppolo and his injury and how how injury-prone he is. And then, like I said, the Dolphins, they're going to see if two was the guy or not. But, you know, with that evaluation... They're going to put talent around him. And then I think the same could be said of Philadelphia. Philadelphia, they're going to evaluate if Jalen Hurts is the guy or not. They're going to try to draft some, some, I mean, something. They're going to try to draft, I would perhaps think, a receiver, but that is why I'm doing my mock draft. I'm doing my mock draft. I'm going to give you guys my mock draft right now. Okay, so the moment of truth everybody's waiting for my mock draft for the top 15 picks now let me preface my comments i'm not a a mock draftologist. <laughs> okay um i don't take mock drafts very seriously i don't i don't even think i did a mock draft last year i don't even think i did a mock draft last year now some of these draft picks are obvious some of these draft picks are going to be very, very, very obvious. Some of these, I'm guessing. In some of these, um, I, you know, I can explain my reasoning for it. Um, but I'm thinking, so let me just get this off the, I, I, I go through, I go through, I make my, I tell you guys my explanation as I go through. So let's start. At the number one pick obviously the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence generational type talent at the quarterback position. Um, He's going number one. Okay. At number two, the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback. Seems like they like him. Um, I'm seeing all the signs that they're going to take him at number two. At number three, this is where it gets a bit interesting. At number three, you have the San Francisco 49ers as i told you guys I was correct sorry I, sorry I gotta keep bringing it up but i was I was right they're moving up for a quarterback and you don't and I, despite what the reports what some reports are saying you don't move up all the way in the draft just to get another like a, a like a like a receiver no 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 49ers move it up in the draft, draft the quarterback. I think that quarterback. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but I have a strong feeling that the quarterback will be Trey Lance that they're drafting. So the first three picks are quarterbacks. At number 4, here's where it gets a little interesting. Now, I don't buy the fact that Atlanta is taking a quarterback. I just don't. Matthew Matt, Matt Ryan, yes, he's a he's a veteran quarterback. But Matt Ryan's not the problem. Like, like Matt Ryan is not the problem. If you look at the if you look at the Falcons in their problems, it ain't Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan last year, 26 touchdowns, 45 foot, four, almost 4,600 passing yards on a 60 on 65 completion percentage. Yes, he is 35, but I don't think he is the problem. I don't necessarily buy the Falcons taking a quarterback. Um, I I could see a potential trade right here, um, because I think I think Carolina really, really want, really, really wants Justin Fields, and I just don't see, I just don't see Atlanta drafting a quarterback. Um, I don't want to do hypothetical trades. Also, Carolina is within the division between Atlanta, so that's that's a bit risky. So, I'm gonna take if I'm Atlanta and I don't want to trade with Carolina or so forth, even though I don't want Justin Fields. Let's take Penisua. Penisua is a Hall of Fame left tackle. He's that good. He's a Hall of Fame caliber left tackle. When you're drafting this guy, he's going to be an automatic guy that's going to come in and play. He's going to come in and play automatically. Also, I forgot to mention Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I like him. I like him a lot. 6-4, big guy, can throw it, very mobile, very athletic. You guys, if you haven't seen this guy, go look at some of his highlights. It is phenomenal. Very Josh Allen like. Now, he's he's very Josh Allen like in a good way and somewhat of a development way. He needs he needs good coaching. And I think I think the San Francisco 49ers with Kyle Shanahan, I think that's a great spot for him. But as I was saying, Penny Hall of Fame type of left tackle when you're drafting him. You know, this is a guy like Tyron Smith. This is a guy like Trent Williams. When you draft this guy, automatic starter, automatic, he's going to have automatic impact. So at number five, you have the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Bengals go offensive. I think they go offensive linemen as well. Offensive tackle to be specific. Um, the, the Bengals, they have good, they're good at their skill positions. Um, I think they take offensive tackle, and I'm thinking they're gonna take Rashawn Slater, Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Uh I I I see them going that route. I really do see them going that route. Um, they, you need to protect Joe Burrow. You need to protect Joe Burrow at all costs. He is your franchise. You get him uh you get him a nice, decent left tackle. Like a, Slater is not as good as Sua, but it it would do it would get the job done. He's he's gonna be a really good offensive lineman. Not like I said, not as good as Penny, not as good as Sua, but a really good offensive lineman. Um, and he showed that he can hold his own in the Big Ten. So this the Dolphins at number six, as I told you guys, with the Dolphins dropping down from three to six or from three to twelve, and then back up to six, what they're telling me is. The Dolphins are saying, hey, we're gonna give Tua a shot. Now, we're gonna figure out if Tua's the guy or not. The way to figure it out is you put him with the you put you get him the best weapons as possible. And at this point, I know they have Mike Gesicki. I like Mike Gesicki, Great great tight. I mean, really good tight end. Uh they had Devontae Parker and they also added Will Fuller. I don't care if they already have a tight end. You draft Kyle Pitts. I think the Dolphins are drafting Cal Pitts after Trevor Lawrence and Sua, Kyle Pitts is going to be an automatic starter, an automatic guy on on whatever team he plays on. It's just that Miami they're gonna he's gonna, he's gonna fall in Miami laps. I think so. I think Miami drafts him, and now you have two good tight ends: Mike 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 Gisecki, and. Kyle Pitts, you have Devontae Parker and Will Fuller. I like that receiving core. And you find out whether or not two is your guy. At seven, I think the Detroit Lions go Jamar Chase. Um, They traded for Jared Goff. There's no Kenny Galladay. So you need to give, you you need, you need to give, you need to give um, Marvin Williams. I mean, Marvin Jones left. So you need to give Jared Goff some weapons. Jared Goff's need he need Jared Goff needs a go-to guy. He needs a go-to dependable guy. Jamar Chase is that. In some ways, I think Jamar Chase is a better overall all around wide receiver than Kenny Gallada. That's just my take. Um he's he's a better all around, like he can get he can he can beat you every which way. He could be a big he could be a big time possessional guy. He can go up and get catches, or he can run past you. He's really that good. Jamar Chase is really uh, – he's really a really good re- receiver. He should be a number one guy. Detroit should draft him. At number eight, now, like I said, the Panthers really want a quarterback. I think they take Justin Fields. Um, they could move up. I, it would not – like I said, it would not surprise me if they moved up just to ensure that they take – just that they have Justin Fields or that, or that they're able – To draft Justin Fields, but for my sake, I have them at eight, and I think Fields. I mean, with the with the teams in front of, I think Fields. You know, they're Carolina be able to get Fields, and if not, I think they'll trade up to get him. If so, so I think Carolina goes with Justin Fields at number nine. I'm gonna take Michael Parsons to the Broncos. I think the Broncos take Michael Parsons. Um, they, I think they try to revamp that linebacking core. I was stuck in between drafting a DB or an offensive tackle or offensive guard for, for Denver, but I just went on and took Michael Parsons for him. At 10, the Cowboys, they're going to take Patrick Sertang out of Alabama. They absolutely need this. They, um, they the, the Cowboys absolutely need this. They this is this is this guy is the best, probably the best corner in in the draft. The Cowboys absolutely need this. Okay, at eleven, uh the Giants. I'm thinking they're gonna take Christian Dar, 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 saw from Virginia Tech offensive tackle. Um, I think the I think once again, Daniel Jones, it this is his year to prove. Whether or not he's the guy. And the Giants, they're going out and getting him pieces. I think they get it off they, they draft another offensive tackle. They uh they they went out and signed Kenny Galladay. It's time for Daniel Jones, Danny dimes, to show his worth. And see, you know, let's see if he's the guy or not. Okay, at number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles need a playmaker, they need somebody that is going to be good. They need somebody that's going to be an automatic playmaker that can get open and that can help Jalen Hurts. They need to the hit in the draft, especially at this particular position, and that is wide receiver. I think the Eagles at number twelve they take Devontae Smith, out of Alabama, Heisman Trophy winner. I think the Eagles take Devontae Smith. They should. Um, they they need they just need a playmaker. They need a guy that can get over that can get open over the top and that can help Jalen Hurts' development. At 13, I think the Chargers take Elijah Eli, Elijah Vera, T- Vera Tucker from USC. Inside offensive lineman, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. I think the Chargers take him. The Chargers, they need to try their best to protect uh, Justin Herbert, I really like Herbert. Herbert has a bright future, but you must protect. Must, you, must, you must protect him. Uh, they, 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 re- they, they signed, they center and Corey Lindsley. They paid for him. Big bucks. I think they only add to their offensive line in the draft. At 14, I think the Vikings go offensive line as well. I think they go Tevin Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Um, the Vikings, they, they need another offensive tackle. They need another offensive tackle and probably a, a guard to really, to really ensure their defense. I mean, to, to really ensure their offensive line. Excuse me. They need they to buffer that offensive line. They could use a guy like Jenkins at the offensive tackle position and probably another and probably another offensive lineman to really buffer that offensive line of the Vikings. And then lastly, at fifteen. Now, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the 49ers are gonna probably they're probably gonna. I think they're gonna trade with the 49 with the Patriots to get back Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Patriots get back Jimmy Garoppolo. So with that being said, I think the Patriots at number 15, they take wide receiver Jalen Waddle. And it really could go either way. I think if the if the Patriots don't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, then they're gonna at 15, they're probably gonna take Mac Jones. But if they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and Jalen Waddle was still there at 15, I think the Patriots would be fools not to take Waddle at 15. You're only adding to your offense. Um, he gives you that down the field explosive speedster that the Patriots just has not had. I mean, I can't remember the last time the Patriots had a speed, like a flat out just speedster. Um, and that's what Waddle is. Waddle. Well, I I think the Patriots, if the Patriots don't pick him up and draft, if they don't draft him and he's there, my gosh, come on. The Patriots need to draft him. If, if you know, I th- I'm i thinking, I'm in the mindset that the 49ers are going to probably trade Garoppolo back to, Sam- back to New England. New England has their quarterback, and I think in the draft, they draft the receiver. So, though, that's my mock draft. That is my mock draft, and I feel pretty confident about it. I feel pretty confident about my mock draft that I just did. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to get out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's a lot of trade talk. It's a lot of pieces going, you know, faces going to new places. I really enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys did as well. Um, Always remember, two choices, one decision. Um, I'm getting out of here. Enjoy your weekends. Uh, I know in the DMV area it's warm, it's nice. It's going to be a nice weekend, but uh, wow, just a big day. Uh, uh, the last couple, the last couple of days have just been big throughout the throughout the NFL and the NBA with these trades. Um, teams are trying to make playoff pushes in the NBA uh, or rebuild teams in the NFL, trying to find a quarterback, trying to get more picks, trying to buffeter roster so it's this is really a really really good time in sports and like I said I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode cuz I enjoy doing it um you know continue to show love continue to spread this podcast we're 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 doing you you guys are doing such a great job um and you know listening and spreading the word thank you know i thank you guys for that um and i'm out peace deuces enjoy 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 peace